0: Media. Where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live.
1: Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo.
2: Hey, board gamers, BJ, Board Game Gumbo here, back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number one twenty-eight, Gumbo Live the number one Facebook Live talk show in Jackson County, Missouri, dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight, it's Chris Ray of the Opinionated Gamers. We finally got him to come back. It's going to be awesome. It's our usual post and spiel show with a little bit of a twist. We'll find out if he actually went to Dusseldorf this year. Board Game Gumbo, a proud member of Punchboard Media. Hey, check out some of our other fine members like Gumbo Favorites, Before You Play, that's right, Monique and Naveen, they're a board gaming channel that produce focus on full board game playthroughs and reviews from a two-player perspective. That's the first time I run that uh, copy, so I need to work on it a little bit, but we are so excited to have Monique and Naveen on the channel, Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. A couple of quick show notes. First off, congratulations to our friend Christian Strain. Chris might be checking in, although he's a little busy tonight. His Kickstarter is live right now for asking for troubles with all the expansion content and the big box, and it's already funded. I've already backed it, and you should check it out too. Get the base game and two brand-new expansions, Companions and Troublemakers, and a big box to hold them all in there. And that's just me plugging it away for uh, Chris, because I want to see Chris Strain do uh, well. Check that out on the Kickstarter. Also, I've got it up there, our first-ever gumbo merchandise. Check out our Game Crafter link to get a copy of your very own copy a board Game Gumbo Bore deck. That's right, it's a Booray deck. You can learn to play Bure because we've got the instructions inside and there's a surprise when you see the Ace of Spades. Well, it won't be a real big surprise if you watch social media. So hit us up on social media tonight on Twitter or on Facebook at Board Game Gumbo and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat. But enough blather. Let's get right to our special guest. It's Chris Ray from the Opinionated Gamers, man. Welcome back. Good to be here. It is awesome to have you on the show. I'm assuming you're calling me from a hotel room in Dusseldorf? Yes, of course. I'm over in Germany now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm in, in my basement. basement. No, you're, you're, you're in basement over there in Jackson County, Missouri. Uh, Cass County.
1: I, I, I live outside of Kansas City. So, I the
2: so we're, not the, we're not the first one Facebook live board game show in Jackson County. We might we're be. way down there, no, Steve. No. Well, we might be. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, so I just okay. I, I don't want to disavow my home county. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, let's get the right right county in there, and that would be a parish down here for all of you Louisiana fans. He's talking about a parish because the other states apparently use a different uh, a different uh, system. But instead of the parish system, y'all use counties. Is that right? Yeah, we okay. have 114 here in Missouri. <clears throat> Down here in Louisiana, we use the parishes. It's a little bit different. But, hey, for those who've never talked to Chris Ray or haven't seen you
1: on the show, who is Chris Ray and what are the Opinionated Gamers? So the Opinionated Gamers is the uh, oldest, maybe, I think, um, written review blog that's still running continuously. Um, We have basically a new post every day. um, And the blog focuses on written reviews. So in this age of YouTube, we're uh, a little bit... Uh, aged, but uh, it's still a popular site. Uh, I've been writing for the site for a little bit over five years, um, and that's primarily what I do in the board game hobby. I'm also a frequent playtester. I used to write for Counter Magazine, but that went by the wayside. I write for Gamers Alliance, um, and then I have my own board game geek blog.
2: Oh, Counter Magazine. I also was a subscriber to it. That's Greg Schlossinger, originally from New Orleans, up there in the East Tennessee Gamers now, writes, was the editor, right, for Counter Magazine. Oh, that was some good stuff. Hey, we got a bunch of people checking in. Uh, Patrick Newman, our favorite lefty writer, our diver friend from Texas, he's checking in. He says loves that intro. That's right, Jackson County. Well, we had the wrong one. We had the wrong one. Oh, we've got Chuck Yeager from our friendly neighborhood Gateway and and uh, and a Filler Games Group there on Facebook. What's up? We finally got Chuck to do some board gaming online. Chris, are you a board game arena fan? I am a huge fan. Yeah. We got, we got Chuck to actually try out some of the games. It, what, what's,
1: what, what's your favorite game on Board Game Arena? Because there's a lot of that, that are really good. What's your favorite one? Right now, it's Marco Polo 2, which is Ooh. in beta mode. Um, but I think everybody can play beta mode, right? And yeah. uh, uh, I've played 15 or so games of Marco Polo 2, and I'm just a little bit obsessed with it right now.
2: Mm. We We've gotten on a Concordia track, which is not on BGA. It's over on... Uh Jeux, but man, we've we've always seemed to have a, a game of Concordia going. But I, I don't think I've actually played Marco Polo too. I played the original, of course, but
1: I haven't tried it. So it's a good implementation. Yeah, it's fantastic. I like it actually better than the first one. And um it's the the online version is you know sleek because those games are a little bit heavy, so they're kind of hard to administer in person. But the BGA makes it really easy. It it take it makes all the administration so all the fiddliness just goes away. I like that.
2: Hey there's well, JBL awesome checking in. Great.
1: What's that? Boy of Jews also really great. I play uh, Alchemists on there.
2: Ooh, is Alchemist on there? I didn't even notice that. I huh. to check that out. Jay Bell's checking in with us. Jay's going to be joining us later on for our board game Bataille. Can't wait to match wits with you and Verla. We'll see about that. And uh, Steve's got a link to the uh, Kickstarter uh there, so that's nice. Check that out when the chris when Chris is going to do up. Chris and I might have something special cooking later on this week. Chris, have you played? Have you played? Um, have you played Asking for Troubles? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. It's an up to seven person worker placement game that Christian and Aaron designed, and they've got some expansion content that are out. But we might be cooking something up on the gumbo here on Thursday. Christian Strain uh, reached out to me today, so we'll see. We're going to test it out tonight after the show. We'll see. And yeah, Dave Duga, I agree. What the heck is a county? I'm not sure. I remember from the Dukes of D- Dukes of Hazard that they would use this word county. So I'm assuming it's it's sort of like the parishes, but that's okay. All right. So, um at this time, normally the couple of times you've been on the show was an awesome post Essen spiel show and you told us how you did your research and you you t- you regaled us with all your food and beer trips over to Essen.
1: What, what did you do this year instead of going to Essen? How did you get I ready? Uh, no, um, so I I always joke, I take three weeks of vacation a year, and all three of those weeks are dedicated to board game conventions. And this year, there have been none of those. So I've banked up some vacation time, and um, this year for Essen, uh, rather than going over there, they had Spiel.Digital, um, and it was I thought it was better implemented than a lot of the digital conventions I've been to this year. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But it was really not a replacement because, you know, it's one thing to sort of click from website to website. but That's not a good replacement for walking hall to hall with stacks of games, you know, 10 feet high. And, you know, the German sausages and drinks and everything uh, surrounding you. Um, I I, I will say I prefer American Diet Coke, but otherwise uh, I'm. Diet Coke with lime. Diet Coke with lemon. Come on. Yeah. But otherwise, it was. I did miss the experience, but uh, this year Spiel Digital was pretty cool, and it was a um, a fun time. And a lot of games did get released, not nearly as many as normal. I'd say we probably. I mean, you probably know as well as I do. We probably saw two or three hundred game releases, whereas normally we see over a thousand.
2: Yeah, but the list I looked at with Eric was four hundred fifty, but that that counts multiple versions of the same game. If it was, you know, like multi language, it has a lot of
1: expansions in it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I would think you're right. There was maybe two or three hundred games.
1: Yeah, and um, so we, we definitely are having a down year in the industry, but I got to play lots of games that I liked, and I learned a lot about a few new games. It was definitely an expensive uh, four days uh, in terms of you know spending on new games. But, oh. uh, uh, but it was it was an experience. And uh, Normally I, I do sort of just wander through all of the halls, and it takes me four days, but uh, this time I just click through as many of the publisher booths as I could. I'm living through you a little bit
2: because I, I actually participated in Gen Con and UK Games Expo a lot. Uh, I even did a little bit of PortalCon, which actually I actually enjoyed. I thought PortalCon was very well run. That's uh, that's Ignacy's convention. I got to S and Spiel and the Spiel Digital. It just came at a bad time for me. Whatever I forgot what it was, but we're just busy. So I didn't really get to experience much. But I did hear some some people giving kudos to the Spiel team that their digital version was kind of the best of all the ones that we've seen. i I think by now what they're learning that what we really want is we want some content at night where, you know, you've got some celebrities maybe or board game content creators, maybe interviews with designers. But what we really want is, you know, show us the games and let us play the games, right? Not just an empty website that we could have done without digital being there at all.
1: What do you yeah, think? I will say the one – so I have to give enormous kudos to Spiel Digital for this. The online halls were better organized than the real halls. Mm. Uh, <laughs> okay. And so, one thing, if you, so I, I don't know if you've been to Essen, but one thing about Essen that always is, is even with a map of the convention center, you'll be like standing around, being like, I think I'm at this publisher's booth, but I don't really know. Uh, you know, Spiel Digital. It was actually easy to find things, but you don't see the old games. And the other thing I really missed, and this is this is just me, you know, I'm a fan of like game histories. Sure. I love it when you're in Essen. There are all of these used game booths, and like just like a dozen of them. And they have games going back 30 or 40 years. And like, they're that's one way just to learn about old games. And I really miss that because the the convention online did focus on what's new. We had
2: that at Gen Con where you have the booth that has all of the monopolies from around the world. And I mean, (laughs) if you really want to know the history of Monopoly, the dude's got like. 50 different versions of Monopoly, but your version sounds a lot better. I, I, I think I'd like that. Uh, you've told me some of the, you know, you'll find some games for five bucks that are in, in America for a lot more. It's just that that every gamer household in Germany has it. And maybe none of us have that game. You know, I'm yeah, thinking
1: of, good. I'm thinking of, what's that? Um, Life and Brighton which won the skill of charrus in the early nineties it's like this like racing game and it's fantastic, but it um over there you can buy a copy for five dollars here if you find it on board game geek and it's often not on there you're gonna you're gonna pay a pretty penny
2: right and that's a, that's actually the game I was thinking of Um, life and Brighton got a couple of people checking in Meeple Town is in the house what's up Dean Dean and I are cooking a couple of different things Ponic games is coming in loves BGA. love to see that one of our favorite artists is. Talking about counties again. Apparently, the chat crew loves our talk about counties versus parishes. Hello, Beth. Beth Sobel checking in. Nice to see you. All right. So, yeah, there's a lot of talk about counties. Do you have an opinion, counties or
1: parishes? Do you have an opinion, Chris? Uh, I prefer the county system. Although Missouri has, just if we can continue the discussion, Missouri has a city that's not within a county. The city of St. Louis is not within a county. It's. I is, thought it was in Jefferson County. No. No, so so Jefferson Jefferson City is within um, a, a county that I'm forgetting the name of. Even though I lived there a few months, Cole County. But yeah, St. Louis is not. It's not in a county. So you have. It's, so it's it's Missouri's weird. All these states are weird. All right. So trivia question. So in your county, there's there's a a
2: political group that runs the county, right? Like, uh, there, yeah, there's a county commission. County commission, right? That's what they call them everywhere, right? What are they called in Louisiana? Do you have any idea? I would guess a parish commission? The police jury. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I don't know. You know, and I I love history, too. And I I wish my dad was still alive because he would know the answer to this. I don't know why we're co- they're called the police jury, but that's what they're called. Instead of the county commission or the parish commission, it's called the, the police jury in most of the the parishes. Now, some of them are are bigger, like um, the parish I'm in has a, has, a, has a different system. But, yep, isn't that strange? And, yes, he's right. Alaska is like our county, Jay, or uh, our parishes up there in Alaska has boroughs. They're the
1: other one that has that. It's getting a little – Cantons, I think, is what they call them. Is that right? What's that? I think country. some other countries have something similar, but they call them cantons. Uh,
2: yeah, maybe so. so Switzerland? I think that. Think that. Chuck says, Philly is both a county and a city. It's a good play on it. Interesting. BJ Morgan, I've got my guest here, Chris Ray, and we could be talking counties and parishes all night, or we, here somewhere. or we could talk about board games. And one of the games that that Steve and I were talking before the show starts, I'm always fascinated when Freedom and Freeze comes out with a new game because it's usually something we haven't seen before. We can't even pronounce this one. So, Chris, you got you got to help us out here. What are we, yeah, what are it, we doing with this game? The
1: German is very confusing. It's pronounced "finishing time." No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Okay, now that would be that would be easy. Or off to work, right? Yeah, <laughs> finishing time is the um, is the English name of the game. Uh, and so, if you're searching for it on BoardGameGeek, you can search for finishing time, and it will. But uh, I'm calling it Firibin. Um, But it's uh, it's an after worker placement game, which is it's it's a worker placement game. But what's so cool about it is. First of all, there's no randomness in the game, which typically annoys me a little, but here I liked it. Um, and it is a free and freeze economic game where you have workers and they are stressed out and they're trying to buy leisure times and whoever buys you know, the most uh, leisure time, whoever buys the most relaxation, as they call it in the game, uh, wins. And the board that you're seeing on your screen now is one of the boards that shows um, sort of the workers conditions uh, so you get so many wages per week there's a gender gap on the wages uh, there is uh, workers can strike to earn additional um, benefits to the working conditions and so you have to sort of balance like you know do I try to improve my working conditions now by striking or um, do I um, you know spend money on relaxation and so it's a it's an interesting theme and um, the theme's a little bit paste it on i suppose do you uh, think? yeah but uh that's often the case with Friedman's games but it's a very clever design and everybody i've played with has really wanted to play it more and more um so i think what are we looking at in the middle are those are, so the i see the okay. relaxation board so the one okay. on the bottom left uh is uh where you go to do sort of out of town relaxation activities the top middle one is your vacation board and the bottom right one is sort of your in-town activities, visiting the park or going fishing, or um, I think it's going on a bike path. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each activity earns you different relaxation, and it's 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 you know a typical efficiency game, uh, but in, it's it's really got a couple of twists, and the twists are first of all the theme, uh, but then second of all, um, it is really just one of these pure strategy, no luck, economic games. Um, and I always think those are pretty intriguing. Um, and it but, works. But it if works. you win
2: at being efficient, isn't that kind of not the, the, the theme of the game?
1: Um, uh, I don't know how to answer that. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ignore your question and substitute. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. probably a good idea, Chris. What's the most interesting part of this game? Friedman freeze back in 2004 did a game called Power Grid. And everybody loves Power Grid. I mean not everybody, but almost everybody loves Power Grid and the other people are wrong. And uh and so, see I write for the opinionated gamers. That's and what so, uh, I bring on the show. And uh the the thing about Power Grid that I always found fascinating it, it's a game about timing. And so Friedman freeze has done really cool things with timing before. The winner of Fear of End will be the person who best times the end of the game. The end of the game is going to happen when somebody gets to level 40 on relaxation. And if you have all of your workers in your complement, you have a lot more flexibility to, to win the game. And that's really cool. I think the end of the game is what like people are fascinated by. And it's it's just a cool design. The artwork is typical Friedman Freese Green, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. Full disclosure, I have a review copy from... Friedman um but I would have uh said very positive things uh either way I don't let review copies affect my judgment no <laughs> no you're you're very
2: opinionated either way uh, Chris there's a couple of people have commented about the art and it's got that you know I recognize some of these pictures the lady with the the red uh polka dots in the arm I recognize that uh, if I remember right that's world war ii type uh promotional art is that right
0: it feels
1: yeah so you remember rosie the riveter it feels yeah. a little like it's got a rosie the riveter feel yeah
2: yeah yeah that's what i was thinking too so yeah i i, I don't recognize this art style from any other type although it looks like the same artist that that he yeah. typically uses for his thing i mean you you can recognize i don't I don't know who did the art but i, I recognize that
1: flavor yeah the name is escaping but yeah the art it's pretty cool it's a and the art is um, very detailed. Um, so th- there were some there was some laughter around the table at some of the art.
2: Yeah, I'm looking. There's a little bit of eye candy. If you keep looking, every time I look, I see something a little bit different. So it is it 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 is a worker placement game. But you you
1: found a unique twist there. Is this something that you'd want to keep in your collection? Yeah, it is, yeah. And uh, I I do find a couple of twists. First of all, the timing. I think the other thing is you can put your workers into relationships. Um, and so, and then they become more meaningful and more powerful if they're partnered with somebody, they're relaxing more. Um, so that's pretty cool too. I, I thought it was a, um, I thought it was frankly Friedman's best design of recent years, but I think his, what I'm hearing is his actual best design of recent years is coming out in a couple weeks, which is Fayum, which has been on and off the BGG hotness list for months.
2: Steve and I, and, and our little, uh, chat, have been talking about that. I know they've been talking about it. That's that's one that's piquing my interest. Do you know a little bit about it? it. I, I'm probably
1: slaughtering the name. Right. Yeah. You do. You know anything? You know anything about it? You haven't played it yet. Then I guess it's supposed to be sort of economic, like Power Grid, but mixed with Concordia. Oh. Okay. Are you a fan of the the card the little box card games
2: that he's been putting out over the last couple of years? He's had a bunch of a bunch of those those little you know the
1: ones I'm talking about the little square box games, yeah. Fear and Flea yeah, and the one last year i think it was called fortune. fortune um right i really liked that one um there were there was one that i didn't care for but yeah i've liked most of them
2: i liked fear the fears the the one that i liked the most and of course fuji flush as the little card game that that's a game that i've given out as gifts to people i mean it's super easy to teach it's perfect holiday type of a game i don't know if you've ever played fuji flush or not but i have yeah that was pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool so yeah, that that is what Dean's mentioning. One that I really want to try. I've had a lot of recommendations from people about this, and that's fine sand. Have you? Every time I hear it, I, I think it's an insult. It's like pound
1: sand, but it's fine sand is what it is. I have not played the finished version. I was a play tester. This was the deck deconstruction game, uh, I think. And I think yeah, so. it pretty yeah, yeah, it
2: was. Yeah, it was interesting. It's deck yeah. deconstruction. And Verla says you got her hooked. Power Grid mixed with Concordia. Yeah, yeah so it's math, the card game, basically. Yeah, <laughs> right. Math the card game. Yeah, I, I like Power Grid, but you got to admit it, it's 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 a mathy game, and I mean that's that's yeah. kind of what the last round of devolves to. I don't I don't play it that way. I play it more for feel, but I, the uh, and that's why I never win. But the other players I play it with, they're sitting there and they're going like this, and you know, like they're doing with the lips, like fourteen times seven times three times two. If I do this, now it's two times three. You know, like okay, man, just make your move. Let's 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 finish this game up. So, but I do like it. I think Power Grid, it's. It's a brilliant design, and that's why it's still around, and it has all those expansions, too, Chris. I mean it's just it's it's like Concordia it just keeps fresh. but I'm actually interested in I think Steve calls it Firab Farabin? Far, 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 yeah, I don't know I don't're we're, we're not sure yet, so that that is an interesting one, and that is from Freedom and Freeze. Check that out. BJ from Morgan I've got my guest here, Chris Ray from the Opinionated Gamers, and he's bringing the opinions tonight. Let's see what he says about a game that I like the original, but I'm not so sure. Do I need M- Medici, the dice game in my life? Tell me about that. Oh, it's
1: so cool. I love okay. it so much. I've played this game probably like 10 times, and Ooh. I keep trying to break it, actually. And I have not succeeded, which I think bodes well for it. So it's kind of amazing that you got the score sheet up there. This is – it's extremely simple. You roll dice. It's an dice. amazing show, man. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's – you roll dice, and then you mark the value that you get uh, in those top columns of each row. And then you also track the colors of the dice that you're taking. And so you're allowed to take – um, up to three dice if you're the main player, and then the uh, the remaining players get one of the leftover dice. And so you're trying to have the highest value ship, so you want high numbers, but you also want to get really low on those color tracks. And so it's this classic Reiner-Kinizia split between, do I take this now or do I take this now? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, it's it's the, Because the person who has the best ship, they can get up to 30 points. It does depend on player count. And then the further you get down on those color tracks, each color track has a, a 10 or a 5-point bonus each round. But then you can also earn a 10 or 20-point bonus. And so it's just a simple little roll right? It does feel like Medici. I don't think I like it as well as Medici because I absolutely love auction games. It's just... It's like there's something about the auction mechanic that has always fascinated me. But uh, it doesn't have the auctions. It is a 10-minute game, though, and it comes with a huge stack of sheets. So you get a lot of value in the box. So Grail Games, I think that's who did this. Grail Games, they really hit this one out of the park. It feels like a Canizia dice game.
2: Yeah, I, I like what Grail Games is doing, especially with these Canizia games. They're, they have this game, Whale Riders, that was out on Kickstarter from uh, Canizia. And I actually backed it because it looks really good. So, Roland Wright, I'm trying to think, is this Reiner Canizia's first Roland Wright?
1: He did, I think it was called Crisscross. Cross. Mm, I didn't play that one. Yeah. Uh, this was just a couple of years ago. And um, so, I don't think so. I mean, the guy has 700 games, so I think he's done a little bit of everything before. <laughs> Uh, but, and there is a, there's a Medici card game too um, and I didn't like it as well as Medici I like this better than the card game but this one was like um, this is probably my family's favorite of the SM games uh, well Beth Sobel says
2: she loves Medici the card game absolutely perfect con game hmm
1: a little batai here Steve we got Chris and Beth I would not argue with Beth Sobel I mean she's a legend so <laughs> Opinionated gamers—that's what you do. Throw out that opinion. Her artwork makes all games better.
0: All
2: right. So, so right. You know, no, that's that's a good point. So, so give us give us the choices. You've got three games: Medici, Medici the Dice Game, Medici the Card Game. Right, how are
1: you going to rate them? How are you going to rank I them? still. I just. I really love the auction. Medici the Dice Game is probably number two for me, and Medici the Card Game. But I've owned all three, and I I think I I think all three are different enough that you can justify owning all three. Um, and they're all three fantastic. I mean, Canizia is kind of a hit or miss, right? He's got 700 games, a hundred or 200. of Those are pretty good. Some of them aren't so great. Uh, but I think this is one of the really good ones. I, I, I just didn't quite pick it up from your description. Medici is all about, I mean, let's pressure face
3: it. Luck. It's all
2: about having the money. And what's that? It's pressure lock. Yeah.
1: Well I mean it's it's the it's the the auction It's the pure auction right Yeah because you're auctioning with victory points which is I mean it's, it hasn't really been done a lot and so how does that how does that translate to the rolling right though So here there's no there's no auction whatsoever all you're doing is the dice you pick which dice you get and which dice are there left over or what everybody else gets And so what you're really doing is you're saying, you know, do I want to risk it and just take this, the dice range from zero to five. Do I want to take this four now, or do I want to wait for a five later? But the real tension here is, do you want to take dice worth um, the points to try to get the majority on the ship? Or do you want to take the color of the dice? Um, Because if you take a zero, for instance, that adds nothing to your ship value, but you get two marks on the color tracks. And so, um that's the tension in the game is you know how it's not only which dice are you going to get which dice are your opponents going to get how are you going to use them to i mean you you mark them both ways but i i'm intrigued i'm
2: interested um i'm i'm curious how they could pull that off in a roll and right but I, i'll tell you you've so many especially i like the fact that
1: it only takes 10 or 15 minutes to play it's, yeah it's, it's fast fun. and it's also like i think we as like game reviewers don't talk enough about like value i think there's a lot of value in that box um, I mean, it's a fairly inexpensive game, probably 20 bucks. You could probably get it cheaper. Um, and so, I mean, for a, a thick pad of, of sheets, it's a not, not a bad result. Uh, anytime I can find one of those $15, $20
2: games and you get, yeah. you pay 15 bucks for a game or 20 bucks for a game and you can play it 20 times, that's a lot of value. That is a lot of value. BJ from Morgan Gumbo, I've got my guests here, Chris Gray from the Opinionated Gamers and we're talking about some of the spicy hot games that we've played recently. And I didn't realize he's already into Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. You've played all three,
1: right, Chris? I've played all three. All right. I have only played through March of Season Zero. Okay. And I will not spoil anything today. So, yeah. Jack,
2: this is a no spoiler episode from Chris. But but can you give? There's some things that you can tell just from the back of the box, right? And you and, so, and from some of the
1: pictures, so tell us what's what's the what's the conceit of Pandemic Legacy Season Zero? So the idea is, so it's a prequel, and so it takes place before um, the virus hits, and it's basically a spy-themed game. You have sort of the Soviets on one side, and then um, you know the rest of the world on the other side, the West. Um, and what's so cool about this game? And uh, fair disclosure, I was a playtester for it. Uh, okay. Uh what's so cool about this game is it's, a, it's almost a pick-up-and-deliver game because, you know, in normal Pandemic, what you're doing is you're trading in your cards to uh, cure a virus. Here you're trading your cards to build a team, which then that team goes around the board, and um, if you get it into certain cities, you accomplish certain objectives. So this is a fresh twist on the series. It still feels like Pandemic. Um, It still can go very south very quickly, um, just like a real pandemic, uh, as we're all learning. Um, But uh, it is, uh, I think, a refreshing take on this series. Here's how I would describe each of the three games, if I can just do that. Yeah. Season one felt like base pandemic to me with some cool layers added on. and And twists. yeah, Yeah, some cool twists. And so season two felt like... Uh, it had like the really cool exploration side, like, right. You know, you have this map of the world, you get these stickers, you fill out your map as you go. And I thought that exploration was extremely cool. And season two is my favorite of the three so far. Okay. Season zero is, um, I think it's probably the most story driven of the three. At least that's how it feels to me. Um, it, it feels also mechanically the most different from the other ones. And so it's, it is pretty fresh and refreshing, Uh, the cool thing is what I would tell people is you don't have to play them in order. I have friends. I played season two with who hadn't played season one. I'm playing season zero now, but I don't think it relates to the other two at all. So I think you should just pick which of the three you want to try. If you're, uh, if you're unfamiliar with pandemic legacy and just play it, you don't have to play them in order. Um, and I suppose if I were to recommend an order, I would actually go season one, two and zero, which is the order that came out. But, Really, I don't even think that's that great of an idea. Out of the three oh, no. descriptions, I've only played the first one. What's You've up? got the passport up. This is super cool. You actually have, like, different aliases in the game. Um, so you 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 come with, like, these, like, stickers, and you put, like, you know, uh, disguises on them, uh, and uh, you fill out your passport, and then your car- you can lose an alias. So it's a spy-themed game, so you can be exposed and lose that alias, which is devastating if your cover is blown. But that's all game one type of stuff. All right, she wants to know. Beth says, What did you name your characters? I actually don't remember. That's <gasps> embarrassing, but I don't remember. Mm. You're still in the middle of the game. You're in March. I know, but I just, I didn't, I don't even remember what, like, costumes i put on them can i can i tell you something out of the three so i've only played pandemic season uh one and i we we
2: played halfway through and then unfortunately we didn't finish i never did play season two season zero is the one that from an aesthetic standpoint and also from the way you described it this looks to be like the one that i would enjoy the most i i I like this whole building of the team thing and as for the art it looks like pandemic but
1: a totally different version you know yeah, the game it looks like most to me is Twilight Struggle, um, which is because it has that that sort of like Cold War feel yeah, at times. I could see that, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it, they do a pretty good job on the production value. Um, I will say um, that, that's right. We can't <laughs> pull my cover; the name is running even though basis. Yeah, uh, right. I will say <clears throat> this one is has lower ratings on Board Game Geek, and I'm not quite sure why that is. Um, I certainly don't feel that it's, I you know mechanically any inferior to the other ones. Um, in fact, I think I prefer it to season one. So it it might be just because I like that whole get well
2: smart you know um, spy James Bond. I just like that you know that art motif and and that's what I'm getting from this. It's it just I love the look of the cards. I mean, they really do st- seem to stand out. So, I, yeah. man, you're selling me on this thing, even though you're not trying
1: to. It feels like. It feels like the one I need to I need to play season zero. I, I haven't written my top ten for the year, but this will make it. I mean, this is there's just no way this doesn't make it. There is Spencer, Spencer from Lighten Up Initiative. Before we got on the
2: show, Chris, I was watching uh, him his uh, live play with Laura of the Ruins. Oh. The Lost Ruins of Arnok. I I don't know if you've seen that from CGE. Yes, yeah, that's one. I I cannot wait for my copy to arrive. Mm -hmm. So jealous, so jealous. He got to play that one. That's one. But yeah, back to Pandemic Season uh, Zero. Uh, This I I skipped Season Two. It didn't look like you know my wife was really that interested in playing it. This is the one I might be able to get her to play because she likes that theme. And and you know what the problem with Pandemic Season One after we played it? Okay, so we, we. we got through May, but it took us like nine games to do that, right? And she looked at me and she said, I'm not playing 24 games of Pandemic. I'm just not doing it, you know? And I understand that. I mean, she's a gamer. She loves games, but she doesn't want to play the same game over and over. Where I'll play Concordia, you know, I, I have some games I've played 30, 40, 50 times. I know you're the same way. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah
1: I've always felt like – so they're, th- th- this is fascinating to me about Pandemic Legacy. <clears throat> so- Complain that it's not a good value because you only get 24, 24 games out of it. I've never gotten to the end of a pandemic legacy campaign, but felt like I didn't get my value out of that game. Um, that that might happen uh, if I if I beat them all, like if I just did twelve wins. But I don't think that's going to happen in pandemic. Right. I lost games already in in this season. I lost one of them in eight minutes. So eight minutes yeah we, we lost the game in eight minutes wow um we played quickly, so the game progresses more quickly with yeah. my group and a lot of others but um yeah we, we we had one game that just went very south very fast wow now I've seen that a pandemic I've seen it go yeah. really yeah. south. yeah yeah sometimes you're not even two rounds around the table and all mm-hmm. of a sudden everything mess
2: mm mm-hmm. yeah we we had a cup
1: we had one game that went really
2: bad where the you know the outbreaks were just right next to each other and they just multiplied and all of a sudden wow, game's over you know so uh then you just fired it up and, and played again so that uh that is what it is and that is pandemic season zero pandemic legacy season zero it's out right now you can get it and uh chris you got me interested in it i'm i'm, I'm very curious about this one bj from more game, game i've got my guest here chris and he's publishing and he's doing his own games and this is one from board and dice called T- tawan ah, i always forget i say it tuan tinsuyu and it's by david turchie Tuatensuyu, the Inca Empire, and you've gotten a chance to play it. I know I'm butchering it, so I'll let you say it the better way.
1: So I think it's – I'm calling it to want to you but um, I've also uh, – you know, I don't think that's probably correct. And so I apologize for any disservice I do in the in the pronunciation. We're only embarrassing each other when we say to want to sue you if it's not the right way, right? So, so yeah. there's all these games I think the hobby has taken to calling them the tea games. It's the tea games. Zulkin um, right. you know, Teotihuacan. I can't pronounce any of them. I would I can do it. Teotihuacan. So I can do that one. Teotihu. Teotihu. So this is the latest of the T games. Um, Three high-level impressions so far. Uh, I played one game. So this is all based on one play, whereas most everything else I'm saying tonight is not based on one play. Um, First of all, this game is a beast to learn. I think Mm. this might be in the 10 or so most complex games I've ever learned.
2: Yeah, you're um, not a big,
1: heavy gamer over and over, right? When no, I mean, you dabble in those. It. I do. I'm not afraid of heavy games, um, right. but my groups prefer lighter games. But this one, I am t- like, I think this is about as heavy as heavy gets. I probably gave this a five on the BGG weight scale. The rulebook is not great. Um, it's a little bit hard to learn the game from the rulebook. That said... They made up for it with an amazing play raid. But I just like, I I do want to tell everybody up front this is an extremely heavy game. And um, it was very fun to play, though. And I really enjoyed playing it. Uh, I think it's very deep. The, The core mechanic is you're placing. Uh, little workers out on the map and then you get uh, actions based on where you place them and uh, actions based on how many uh, workers they are adjacent to, which is a very cool mechanic. Um, It has um, a good resource management aspect. It has a little bit of an engine building feel. It's a, it's a wonderful mashup of a lot of different mechanics with a pretty cool theme, Uh, but it is decidedly heavy and it's so heavy that I don't think I would want to play this with more than a couple of people because it's AP inducing. Mm. And I also think that I, I think people should be careful about who they play games with. Like some people don't like heavy games and right. you shouldn't force them to play heavy games. Right. Uh, I would never, for instance, try to get, try to get my family to play this. Right. I, I think they would absolutely hate it. Um, and I also just as advice, I wouldn't, Get people to play it if they if they're skeptical of player aids. Like this is a game that has an ex, an excellent, truly one of the best player aids I've ever seen because the play raid is what got me through my play. But I found myself constantly like looking at the play raid. I needed like a little like holder just so it was constantly in front of my face. Right, right. Like dropping down off of your hat and you just kind of look at it. But it, if pe- if people like heavy crunchy games. This is probably one of the better heavy, crunchy games of 2020. Yeah. I I, I do like them. I
2: just, I'm, I'm like you, I, I, I dabble in heavy games and I enjoy them when I play them, but I don't want to play them all the time. We, we have a, uh, Steve and I have a common friend, Philip Millman, and he just loves playing all heavy games all the time. I, I like the mix of little trick taking games and regular one hour wonders. And then every once in a while, you get this big feast like a Lisboa,
1: and, and, and it melts your brain and you enjoy that, right? Yeah, I I do. I I enjoy it. I I will say the the thing on this game is I don't want to like oversell it, but like I was questioning whether I was smart enough to play it. And like, (laughs) I I actually sent an email, I think it was to the opinion of gamers, but I sent an email to somebody and I was like, I can't figure out how to play this game from the rule book. And I think the rule book is not great, but it's okay. And like, I think it might just be me and my IQ. And uh, I just think this one is a bit, it is a bit complicated. It's well, that complicated kind of tra- than it needs to be.
2: That transitions into a question Verla has. How does
1: it compare to Teotwakan or Tekanu? Does do have you I, I played all three of those? I, I didn't think I'm going to call it Teo. I didn't think Teo was that bad to learn. Okay. I thought Tekenhu was a, a step up, but this was a step up from even Tekanu.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I think this is the hardest to learn of the three.
2: You need a good player aid, you know. If you played Lisboa by Vitaliserta, that that player aid is absolutely, I mean, I, I'm constantly flipping through the pages of the player aid, you know.
1: Except for maybe, I would actually I would say this game is nothing mechanically like the game. This is other than Twilight Twilight Imperium is probably the most complex game I own. Okay. Probably as complex as Twilight Imperium. It's way
2: up there on the scale. It's getting close to four on the scale. So yeah, I forget what it was. It was like three seven, three eight, three nine, something
1: like that on the scale. Yeah, but the problem with BGG users is that they have no perspective, right? right. Uh, you know, some BGG users, there's no such thing as a five. Chris, w- <laughs> yeah, exactly, Chris, or a ten uh,
2: on the on the popularity scale. Chris you wants do- to know: Do you have to feed your people in this game? You do have to feed your people. Uh, of course, you do. Yeah. That's going to make it even tougher. Is it a friendly <laughs> feed your yeah. people or is it a
1: punishing feed your people? Yeah. Potatoes or corn, no delicious gumbo. Very few games have gumbo, BJ. Yeah, we need that. We need that. Yeah. We need a delicious gumbo. So you do have
2: to feed your people in this one. Dean says Takanu has been his favorite of the of the three that he's
1: played. I've only played Teo, so I, I, I can't really say that. Yeah, This one's my favorite. My problem is... I, I really enjoyed the game. I enjoyed playing it. The person I played with, we played a two-player game. The person I played with also really enjoyed it. We also we simultaneously vowed two things, though. We vowed to play it again soon, because we're going to totally forget how to play it. Yep. And we also vowed never to play with the rest of our game group, who I hope is not watching tonight. Because <laughs> it was AP-inducing with two of us. And if you had three or four players, I mean, you may have 15 minutes between turns. Oh, because man. Because that little mountain thing in the middle... You're trying, you have to optimize where you place your meeple. But as you can see, there are a lot of little places to put to to put the meeple. And because of that, each turn necessarily involves a lot of different options in weighing them. So you you can't really play this game. Quickly. Chris, all I'm seeing is a big smorgasbord of meeples on the board. I
2: mean, I, they don't even seem to have any rhyme or reason on this. And I'll tell you, and I'm not talking to the game at all because I haven't played it. But the attractiveness of Teo or even Takanu with that big old obelisk in the middle, to me, they look, like, they look more attractive to me. If I'm look. looking at three games on the table, I'm going to steer toward Takanu to play because I, that obelisk just stands out to me.
1: Yeah, I I think this doesn't look as as fun as the other ones. I mean, just to sort of explain what's happening in this picture and what makes this game so complex, each different color of meeple has a different power. And each Mm. space you can play it on triggers other powers from the board. And you also have to pay a cost that varies based on where you place it relative to a meeple in the middle. And so, I mean, you have complex factor times, complex factor times, you know, administrative details. And that is... It's it's happy. Well, Jeremy Howard's in checking in. What's up, Jeremy? And he says,
2: hey, you really need a couple of plays to see everything this game has to offer. He yeah, really, definitely. really likes to want to sue you.
1: I think that's right. I think this is one of those games where I'm probably going to want to play it 20 times just because I think there is that much to explore, which is why I'm so fascinated by it. Yep, I'd like to try it. Patrick Newman, yes. Jason,
2: I think, actually has some kind of gumbo thing. Uh, maybe it's the ingredients for the Acadians. So that's the third in the Cajun trilogy. Take a look for that. Look, Chris Ray is smiling when he's thinking about that. Have you ever played captains of the golf or Crescent city? No, cargo? it's on my list of things. I really want to play. All right. Uh, captains of the golf. So yeah, we'll, next time we get to a convention, we'll need to play that together. I did back Crescent city cargo. I haven't played it. So I, I, I do not know how that is. So that's to want to you to me, not as exciting looking as Takanu. Um, I love Te- Teotihuacan, so if if it's you know if it's got a feel of that, I'm, I'm interested. But uh, sounds like you and Dean, uh, y'all are disagreeing on Tlaxiaco and, and Tekanu, So I'm just gonna have to try them for myself. All right, people, that is uh, from David Turchi, Tlaxiaco, and board and dice. I'm pretty sure. BJ from Morgan, Gummo, I've got my guests here, Chris Ray from the opinion gamer, Opinionated Gamers, and we're talking spicy eye games. This is the last one we're going to talk about. Before we move to our big game, and that's the expansion for Tapestry plans and ploys. Before I get to it, have you played Tapestry from Stone Stonemaier Games?
1: I, I have not, but I have a question for you after you discuss this. You want to? No, you want to ask now? Uh, uh, everybody I, that I've ever heard of that played Tapestry a few times felt that the game was broken because it was. Um, the, I guess you have it's asymmetric, right? It is and they felt like some were overpowered. How do you how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, so so originally there was a couple that stood out right away. Uh and and it was obvious that that they, they were going to be points better. And the stats have proven it. Hey, kudos to Jamie from one standpoint. He's asking people to post the scores on his website and then he's using those scores to see. Because look you can you can play test the game hundreds of times. There's nothing like playing and testing simultaneously thousands of times across the world. That'll yeah. start
1: to break a game. Hang on. <coughs> Hang on. I shouldn't have to buy a 50 to $80 product to be a playtester. How uh, are you going to playtest a game with that many buy, powers? When you buy a game from Hans and Gluck or uh, any reputable publisher, the game has been playtested thousands right. of times, and it's fixed when you buy okay. it. So, so El
2: Grande... Uh, is 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 a Euro game down to the essence of area control. Tapestry is not that. Tapestry is what I call, and Jamie's going to get mad at me. It's track the track game. I mean, it really is all about going up these different tracks, and you're moving up these tracks with a little bit of conquest in the middle of the board. I mean, it's and that's to me that's the most fun part of the board is the middle of the board. But it's very very you know you can you can win the game without ever really dabbling with the, the middle of the board at all. So, when you have that and you have all of these asymmetrical powers, I don't look, we we all cheer when we when we talk about Root. And Root came out with four powers to start out with four characters. This game's got 20. And then wait, we're throwing in another whole series of them? I think that's the difference. Do you do you want a game that's tightly designed that only has four or five and then you watch as it creates expansions after expansions over the next seven eight ten years there's a lot of games out there like that power grid and concordia two of our favorites right or do you want a game that just throws a ton of stuff at you and then says hey i'm gonna we're gonna tweak this as we go chris if you were a video gamer you know that a lot of video gamers that's exactly what they do They, they they put out the video game and they test it as much as they can, but
1: but they just don't know what happens after that. Uh, yeah, but just, the problem is, Stegmeier has a, a history of this, right? <laughs> I mean, the viticulture, I once hosted the viticulture tournament because I like the game so well. So I'm not like a Stonemeyer hater. <clears throat> I, I hosted a tournament. And uh, my problem was, I couldn't fi- get anybody in the tournament to agree on the rules because they all had different versions of the game. And I didn't specify, this is my own fault, I, I didn't specify in advance. My problem with Stonemeyer's games is they are often um, underdeveloped because Jamie outsources the development, which there is a place for that in the hobby, uh, but um, I don't think I don't think it should be used as often as it is. I,
2: I know what you're saying though, like, like I tried to teach viticulture at Dice Tower Con uh, last summer because I own Viticulture Essential Edition. I've literally played the game 26 times. I could teach the game in my sleep and it was uh, tom had the original version of viticulture and when i opened up the box chris i went oh my god i don't know how this game is played there was you know there was there's been so many changes from the original edition to the essential yeah. edition that I, it was like looking at a
1: different game i and i, I get that but yeah I, you know i <clears throat> think like wingspan like that game was pretty perfect actually yeah. out of the box i mean yeah. that game is is and, remarkable and, and wait what about charterstone very very few rules questions on bgg with
2: with Very, None. Practically none. I remember your social media post on that one, man. Like you were counting up all the, all the threads. I thought that
1: was a little I unfair. I did that to everybody. I went through and I for, – for the people who are familiar with what I did, I went through and I added up the, the number of rules questions on each BGG for popular games, like all of the top 100. And I was <laughs> like, these are the games where the rule books clearly sucked because if they, if they were better, then people wouldn't have so many questions. Right. But there are I, such a thing as bad questions because Dixit had like 20-something threads about questions. And I don't – like if you can't learn Dixit, I don't
2: – I don't know that you can compare games like Azul to Tapestry and Charterstone because they're, they're, they're so open-ended in the game system itself
1: that it's yeah, I, going to create ambiguities. I, I correlated it with weight. I mean there's just – there are some repeat offenders. Fantasy Flight has terrible rule books. So. <laughs> yeah, so – J-
2: Jeremy says Wingspan was basically done when it came to him. I don't know if that's true or not, but that would explain
1: uh, why. I mean, w- Wingspan is a very tight game. It really is. You know? for, for the record, I think Meyer has done amazing things for the hobby. I think he's a, a very talented game designer. I love a lot of their games, but I really do get agitated with publishers when they release what I consider to be incomplete games, and I never tried Tapestry because of that.
2: All right, so we, we have to put this on the table. Seriously, Steve, sounds like you're saying tapestry unravels a bit when you pull on the threads. All right, all right, that's your one for tonight, man. That's really that's a really good. One. So uh, let me just go. Over, I, I I shouldn't have let you ask the question. I should have probably done the the overview real quick. I'm just. <laughs> I love the question. I, I I'll just go through real quick what we got in tapestry. If you this is a game that if you didn't like tapestry or you were in, not interested in tapestry. Fast forward about five minutes, because you're not going to like Tapestry anymore based on this expansion. What it does is it adds a couple of things that probably should have come in the base game already. You know, Jamie thinks of these things, and we didn't know that we needed them. When you, when you get the monuments in Tapestry, you take, you, you take the monument out of the stack of monuments, but everybody forgets that they're already taken off the board. Hey, he gives you 12 tokens that you put on the board, and now when Chris grabs that token, everybody knows that monument's gone. That, that should have been included in the base game. It's one of those things we just nobody thought about, right? It comes with more tapestry cards, and everybody wants that. More, I'm sorry, uh, more civilizations. Everybody wants these great new civilizations. I love these people, the treasure hunters. I mean, I got that Indiana Jones vibe right out of it, and that's, that's me trying desperately to win. I got blown out in that game. Uh, but that's the treasure hunters. Each one of them does crazy things. They're going to be broken. We know that's going to happen. People are going to figure out loopholes and exploits on all these civs and then he's going to have to adjust them as we go through there's a difference between like i said you know going to st louis and getting 50 people to play test a game 500 times and asking you know 20,000 people to play test with their friends over a six month period you're talking thousands and thousands of plays you get more landmarks and everybody wants those big you know landmark uh, me- uh miniatures although i'll be honest i'd have been happy with tiles You know, I'm not, I'm not that big of a fan of these big uh, resin models. They kind of block everything that you're doing. And here's something cool, Chris. One of the complaints was, I don't know what I'm doing at the start of the game. When you're teaching that game for the first player, I like games that give you a card. Lisboa does this, where they give you the little A cards that kind of help you through your first couple of turns. That's what this does. He gives you a landmark that, and says, Hey, you're going to get something cool. If you try to earn this landmark. So maybe you get the TV station or maybe you get the skyscraper and now a new player uh, is kind of on an even footing with the other players because they sort of know what to do. So that, that's a pretty cool addition. Yeah. And then, oh, and then of so, course you get a free copy of fire event in, in, in the, no, you don't,
1: but um, <clears throat> so, Phil so, Meyer, uh, has done that and they did that with the wingspan quick start. And that's a very, it's a very yes. cool thing that more publishers should do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so as you can see, you're getting more cards, more monuments, Uh, Some ways to streamline the game. It's a no-brainer for me. And you talk about value. It's not very expensive. If you like tapestry... You should get plans employees, because it's going to add a lot of value to your game. It's going to give you a whole new set of tapestry cards to use and a whole new set of, of um, new civilizations. And let's face it, that's really why you want this expansion because you want to get those new civilizations and see how bad you can beat Chris Ray with a broken civilization that, that you totally exploit. That, not me. I'll never figure out those exploits. But, yeah, I do that. And, uh, and you do get a free county in the game, too. That's right, Beth. Good callback. Good callback. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's Plans and Plays. I've enjoyed uh, my plays with it, but I like Tapestry. I, I like the little track thing, and I like the Civilization game. It's not one of the top Stone Mar games for me, but I think Tapestry gets uh, should should be a
1: game that people like more than they say they like. So,
2: that's that's Tapestry.
1: It's so easy to balance those games, too, because you could just do an auction at the front. Sorry, there's my love of auction games coming through. You know, you, you say that, and...
2: We just played a game uh, called Alma Mater. I don't know if, you've, uh, if you like uh, those Italian designers. Okay. Yeah. Alma Mater. Um, I liked Coimbra a lot better and Lorenzo, but I've only played Alma Mater once. But what I loved about Alma Mater, at the very start of the game, we did a quick little Seven Wonders draft with the starting cards. And then when you got your four cards, you had to get rid of one of them, keep the other three, and the strength of the three... The better cards you got, you got a ton of resources to start the game, or maybe some special powers, but you also started last instead of first. And Bradley's looking at me going, We should do this every round. This is this is the heart of the game. Picking your starting resources for that round, but the more you take, the further behind you're going to be in the track order. That was pretty cool. So I, I agree with you. Any game that has those auction things, like uh, you got to admit. That that wake up mechanic in Viticulture, which I think we had seen before in um, what was that German game that uh, that had it, the wake up mechanic. But in Viticulture, it has that bidding for how high you want to go first. I forget, I forget there was another game in Germany that. Um, what's that? Fresco. Fresco. Yes, Fresco. The wake up mechanic in Fresco. So you got to admit that is a cool one. Look, there's Dean. He's backing me up. The, that mechanism from alma mater has become one of my favorites. I agree. The very start of the game. Now, for me, the rest of it kind of fell apart, but that's okay. I only played it once. I'm, I'm like you, Chris. I, I don't like to, to review a game just based on that first play. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to take some time for a
1: game like Alma Mater to really feel what the game is about. Here's the thing about asymmetry in games, which I love. I absolutely love it. And I, I actually probably will play Tapestry at some point. I'm not the sort of person that really – this is probably saying way too much about my personality and me as a gamer. I'm not the sort of person that, like, cares if I win or lose a game. And usually the next day, I won't even remember who won or lost a game. Right. Uh, So I don't particularly care if a game is, like, finely tuned. Um, That said, I get really annoyed with games like that because the people in my game group do care. And if it's asymmetric and they lose, then all of a sudden they complain for a week about, uh, you know – you know that 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 was overpowered or underpowered and i think that there are a lot of game groups like that and so i do think that as a hobby we have to aim for towards these sort of finely tuned games but i look i think it's like
4: scout
2: troops man you can have you can have games that are perfect information perfectly balanced i'm smarter than you and i'm going to beat you every time right and you can have games like capistry where you're looking for exploits and loopholes and maybe, maybe one, you know, in small world, let's face it, small world, the the races are not balanced. And especially not with certain combos. There are certain combos you really shouldn't play in small world because they're they're totally broken. But yeah. small world's rated one of the top, you know, most people have it as one of their top 20, top 30
1: games. Self-balances, right? That that's the or at least not the not the first round, I suppose. But
2: I I think the difference in small world is that. Your race is going to eventually die. But I, I can't think of the race right now. But I'm telling you, if you play Small World with my game group and that race and that combo comes out, if you don't get that one, no matter what the cost is, they're going to win. They are literally going to exploit that one all the way. And nobody says, oh, there's a game that's totally broken. No, that's a game that's beloved and everybody loves and everybody keeps putting out more expansion. So I, I, I sound like I'm defending it. I'm not. I'm saying that it's it's not one of his it's not one of uh, Stonemeyer's best games. It's not. Yeah not one of their best games. But is like it fun? Between two cities. That game's fantastic. No, that's that's the bottom of the barrel for me, man. No, really? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, I yeah. love That game. No. Never liked it. Didn't like the uh, the new version of it. No, that's bottom of the barrel for me, man. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not broken enough. <laughs> maybe it's been play tested too much. And I like those two guys, those designers. I I every time they come out with a new game, I'm always excited, but their designs just leave me dry and I cannot
1: figure out why. Nope, nope. Between two cities,
2: Jay said, we,
1: "We the game. We are we gamers are so opinionated. That's perfect. <laughs>
2: That's it. We gamers are so, so opinionated. It is a tough one. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of we've generated a lot of comments on this, and I don't think we're going to settle this argument. I think that tapestry is for people that like the game. I mean, I'm sorry, plans and ploys. If you don't like tapestry, it's not going to improve the game to where you like it.
1: So to be fair, I'll probably play it at some point and absolutely love it. So it's just the way. Oh, it we'll are. see. We'll see." All right. This is a
2: board game show. Chris, that means it's time for a board game. We should oh, play a game uh, together. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, all let's right. do it. Let me see if I can get uh, – all right. So I'm going to get Steve up here, and then Steve, I'm going to move you into the lobby, into the green room. What's up, Steve? Steve, say hey to Chris. You're muted. Oh, yeah, I had, mute, I had to mute because we, we we're getting some feedback. Now go ahead, Steve.
0: It was good to see that you made it back from Tasmania. I know that was a long flight, and you were kind of stuck there for a little while. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it was. I was. I was. Well, I was in Tasmania for oh, uh, for, two, for two or three weeks doing the Dice Men Comet. They all expense paid. They put me up in a uh, hotel. Man, I was tour. You can ask Steve. I was touring the city. I went to the bars. I went
1: to the churches. Okay, this is maybe him, I did this is it him, him my practicing lying right to you, Chris. Please, this please is him me.
0: practicing the lie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you actually, you got me there. I I was like all excited about your trip to Tasmania. So.
2: No, I haven't been to Hobart. But if you haven't checked it out, Dicemen come with their latest episode, 319. I'm on the episode, and I had a great time talking to Garth and, and uh, Leon. That, it's an awesome podcast. Let's bring in our next one. All the way from... Well, I'm not sure where he is tonight. It might be Baton Rouge, might be Lafayette, <laughs> might be Pittsburgh, for all I know. Where Jay Bell, welcome to the show. Where you at, Jay? Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm, I'm in Tasmania, too, actually. Oh, okay, no. good. Hey, let's <laughs> grab a beer after the show. Welcome to Tasmania. And our last contestant, we can't trust her. We can only hope to contain her. And that's Burla. Hey, Berla. guys. Hey, Burla. Hey, in. Berla, hey Jay.
3: Hey.
2: All right, so Steve is down in the lobby, but we can hear him. He's that discombobulated voice in our headphones. Chat crew, you're in on this game. And Steve, tell us
0: about the game. Well, this is going to be board game Bataille. But to clarify it for you, for those of you who don't know Bataille, this is basically going to be four rounds of board game Survivor, essentially. I've got four different rounds where there's a theme in the round, and I've put together six games in each of them. I talked to BJ, Chris, Jay, and Verla beforehand and got their picks for each of these. And what they're going to do in each round is argue about which one should get booted off. And each of them is going to take a turn you know, throwing somebody off the island, tossing a game. And by the time we get to the very end, there will be two left. And the chat crew will do the final elimination. The chat crew will kick off the last game. There will be a winner in the round. And whoever one of the four of them has picked that game to get through will get either all of the points if they did it alone or split it with anybody that they share it with. It's going to be total points at the end of things, um, six points per round and it's divided equally among everybody who, who won in that round. Total points wins. Mm. Any questions about the rules? You can play it straight. You can really argue for the one that you want to get through, or you can do what other people do and go underhanded and argue for something else and try to play the old switchery, but you know, we'll see
3: who would well, do that.
2: Jay says he's got a major strategy, so let's see your major strategy tonight, Jay. <clears throat> and Chris, right. we won't have to worry about. He's an opinionated gamer, so he's going to yeah. be throwing opinions out. All right, so everybody's – oh, Spencer's going to have to miss the – you're going to oh, miss Board fine. Game But Tie, Spencer. All right, that's all right. Yes, and yes, bet the whole part of the show is that you get to murder. You're going to be the last murderer. All right, yes. so Board Game But Tie, presented by our Bure game. That's right. You can learn to play Bure if you haven't. Les le bon Boure. Carlos Roy has designed a deck, and I won't even show you the picture, but there is a, a special ace of spades in there, Chris, if you want one. But it's got the instructions for Boure. It's a trick-taking game, and you love trick-taking games. It's a, it's a gambling game. It's such a big gambling game. The NBA almost had to ban it because people were pulling out guns on each other in the locker rooms. So it's, a, it's an awesome game. You don't have to play it for $75,000 like Gilbert Arenas. You can play it for $5, all right? Lot smaller game down here in Lafayette. I don't know about you players over there in Chris Chris over there in um, Missouri, but we can play a lot smaller. $5 game. All right, Steve, so take it away.
0: All right, your first category. Your first category is social deduction games. And I gave you all a list of six. Here's the six Werewords, The Resistance, Shadows Over Camelot, Spyfall, Coup, and Deception Murder in Hong Kong. Now, each of you told me what your private pick was. Um, but I'm going to let you all fight about what ones should go and what should stay. And then I'm going I'm to call on you to eliminate them. So chat for a little while and fight it out.
2: Anybody has an opinion on uh, the best one of those games? Anybody not played any of those games?
3: You know, Social Deduction is just not my jam. And I didn't think I'd played any of them, but I found... Back in my BG stats, I did play uh, Where Words once, but out of all of those, I would be voting to keep Shadows over Camelot because the theme speaks to me, and I feel like okay, if I have to play Social Deduction, I could get behind Knights of the Round Table, Hannes Kronenpfahla, which you know he's fantastic. So I think this one could be a winner for me.
2: This mm-hmm. guy right here, Chris Ray, has probably played all six of them because he loves Social Deduction games.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, I love, I love. Six five of the six,
3: <laughs> five of the six. Okay, which is the
1: one you don't like? I don't like Spyfall. Okay, mm. okay, you have played,
2: played it, and it was the least one that I liked, also. But I didn't have a cheat sheet, and if you don't
1: have that cheat right. sheet when you play mm-hmm. Spyfall, that's that's why I don't like it. Yeah, you, you okay. hit it, you hit the mail on the head there. Oh, did I? Oh,
4: okay. yeah, Jay, you played Spyfall, yeah, and I, I agree with Chris there. Um. I've played I've played some of these, but there's one in particular that I think just really um, not only does well at social deduction, but it has a nice uh, – it's super thematic. So,
3: yeah.
2: Mm, which one is that? Um, he, he might not be telling you. Um, oh, might not want to tell say. Tell us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Chris, if, if you haven't memorized the cheat sheet on Spyfall and you even take a glance at it during the game, you're busted. You know? Mm-hmm. Unless you're doing it on purpose and I'm just, you know – I'm so honest. I can't do things like that. You know, I'm just. I'm looking at it because I really Honest. <laughs> Michael <laughs> should have. They should have given a cheat sheet to everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the way it should be. So my my favorite of all those. I don't think it'll be a surprise to anybody in the chat crew. It's going to be Deception Murder in Hong Kong. I've taught the game a million times. Mm-hmm. It's a favorite in our high school game club. It's thematic. Right. I mean, it's a it's super thematic. You really feel like you're trying to solve cases. And unlike Chris's favorite game, where uh, werewolf and all of its denizens. There's a reason why you fuss at people because you're looking at the clues and you can say, oh, look at this. I mean, this, this is obviously the murder because that where is werewolf? You just like pick somebody in a hat. Oh, I don't like that person's nose. I'm just going to start calling them the, the the mafia or the werewolf. Right. Chris? No, that's that's definitely the the werewolf. No, it's no so strategy. You just literally pick somebody on. No, here's the here's the famous one. Oh, look at this person talking so much. They must be guilty. No, I always talk I talk all the time. But you are guilty, though. That is true. Yeah. No, no defense for no,
0: Werewolf. Much- We'll talk here anybody, anybody uh, gonna talk down some of the other games
4: so i gotta say verla i don't i don't agree with you on shadows over camelot I, It just, oh, it does just it doesn't speak to me like the theme is just one i can't get behind it i don't know why it like i'm such a huge fan of like knights and medieval and everything but mixing it with social deduction just is not my jam not at all.
3: Interesting. Well, I'm curious too, because I feel like almost every time we play the Envy game on here, that comes up if the guesses steer towards social deduction at all. So I keep hearing about it even though it's older and it seems to be a classic. So the theme totally does it for me probably more than anything else on the list, unless you guys can sell me on something else on the list. I mean, for Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't love social deduction, what do you guys think I'd like?
2: I love Shadows of Camelot. I don't know if Chris has ever played it, but I, I own everything for it except for the uh, Company of Knights expansion, which has the painted figures. But I, I love, I love the cards in the Merlin's Company expansion. I love the way it plays. I am terrible at the game. I maybe have won once. I'm mm. absolutely trash of that game. Chris, what do you
1: think of Shadows of Camelot? I think it's, it's I think it's an f- extremely fun game. The problem with social deduction games is that the, the, not the, but not with like. Uh, genre problem. The problem with long social deduction games is the real fun part is the reveal of who the traitor was, right? And in shadows over Camelot, that's a long game. For that mm-hmm. one really fun moment, but I personally absolutely love Shadows Over Camel. I think it's beautiful. I find like the card play fascinating. I actually think I, I have never done it where I played without the traitor, but I probably could play without the traitor and still enjoy it.
3: Yeah, okay, okay. I was looking it up on BGG, and the pictures were calling to me. And yeah, I'm I'm totally intrigued I think by it. Played
1: once, I mean, there was
2: no traitor. I think I think that's familiar. We're, when we we all kept thinking the other person was traitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, well, I think I'm going to call time on y'all here and start to do some eliminating. I'm going to go through this. I just want to give a quick comment here, Beth. I did say werewords, but I think uh, BJ was calling back to Chris being a huge werewolf fan. I was. We deliberately yeah. left werewolf off on this one because I think that might have been a little bit too much down Chris's Street. It um, was that? So we're going to do the elimination now. And again, uh, I'm going to take you through in this order. Let's say for the first round, Chris will get the first elimination, then Jay. Then BJ, then Verla. So, Chris, which one of these games are you tossing off the island? Ku. Ku has to go. Ku is gone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Particular cool. reason? I don't think it's a social deduction game. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, Ku is. It, in the, it, and it also, rolled. since nobody said anything about it, either everyone was playing real cool and hoping it was going to slide through, or nobody likes it.
4: And I was throwing it out myself. I will say I, I do like coup. I okay. I can see how it could be not seen as a social deduction game, but there's there's so much deception there that I think that's why they they yeah. try to throw it there. Okay. okay.
0: So coup
2: Chris, is You You do hide your role, right? I mean, you're trying you're trying to fake other people into thinking you're a particular role, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but
0: yeah. I, I think.
1: But the social deduction—you have to deduce who what somebody's role is—and I don't think you necessarily have to do that in coup. Or do you? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm shockingly bad at coup, so this it, is
0: probably on me. All right. So coup is gone. Jay, you're next in line. What's got? What's got to leave?
3: <sighs> Come on, Jay. Don't be cruel.
4: <laughs> but uh, so sadly, out of the, the the six games that were there, like. Shadows over Camelot just did not speak to me. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's, that's mm. the one I'm going to axe.
0: Oh,
3: man.
4: Shadows yeah. is Hurt,
3: gone. Jay. We
0: are now up to BJ. What are you going to ask, BJ?
2: How do you follow that? I mean, Verla's pretending to be broken hearted about uh, <laughs> the non of Shadows over am
3: crushed. I'm really crushed, Jay. I thought we were friends. Are you crushed? <laughs> Maybe a little.
2: I am throwing out the resistance. I'm tired of the resistance. I don't like the shouting. It's as close to werewolf as as I want to get to. And I I just, if I never play the resistance again, I'm fine. Although I do want to play Avalon because I've heard it's a better version. I've never played Avalon, but if Mm. I never play the resistance again, I'll be, I'll be a happy person. Okay. I'm I'm taking out the resistance.
0: Toby. Toby. Toby is yelling at the people. Happy Happy adoption day, Toby. Yeah. Old man today. Um, so um, we are down to uh, Verla, I believe. Verla is kicking out before the chat goes. What's left? Okay.
3: What do we have left? We've got Deception, Murder, Hong Kong, Spyfall, and, spy
0: and, and Werewolves, right? Words. Yep, you got okay. it. Okay.
3: I am going to get rid of Spyfall. Okay. It doesn't mm-hmm. call to me at all.
0: Spyfall is gone. So here's your here's your call chat crew starting now you have two games in front of you and you have to t- pick which one you're going to kick off the island to, to, uh, to declare a winner here. Tell me who you're going to eliminate, where words or deception, murder in Hong Kong, starting now. And start putting those, those comments in the chat. I'm going to get them started on round two, but we're watching for your comments, okay? Round two is spiel winners. And we couldn't do, you know, something with Chris here without going back to spiel winners. The six Chris that I picked are Dominion, he know he Azul, King Domino, Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne, and Catan.
2: So Dominion, Azul, King Domino, you know, Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne, Carcassonne
0: and Catan. And, Catan. Mm. and uh, you can do the same thing again where you kind of freeform chat about what you hate, what you love. And then Jay's going to kick off the eliminations this time. Any thoughts? Six amazing games. You, you can't I play them all. This is
2: board game batai, Chris. Come on. So which one is your favorite one out of the six? Mine? Oh, Ticket to Ride. <laughs> ticket to Ride? Okay. I have Ticket to Ride out of the six. To ride. Mm. Yeah, Jay, you've never played Ticket to Ride, right? Never played Ticket to Ride. Yeah. Not, not, you can yeah. get
1: it for a dollar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not yet. I only own like Five versions of it, Jay. So we can, I can teach you any one of the five versions. Yeah. So six. I own six versions of Ticket to Ride. My pride and joy of my collection. And I'm not a big board game collector. I trade, you know, sell, but, but the 10th anniversary edition of Ticket to Ride, that is something that will always stay in my collection. Oh,
3: I want that one.
2: I, mm-hmm. I love that. I like bringing that thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Ticket to Ride. Out of the six, boy,
1: I mean, these are tough. Ticket to Ride. That's that's probably. probably the weakest one is. I'm uh, I think the weakest one's King Domino. Hmm. Uh, I love King Domino. I absolutely adore King Domino, but like I don't think people are gonna be playing King Domino in ten years, but I bet they're still playing the other ones. You Ooh, know, I, I
2: wonder if BGA, the, the ubiquitous of BGA and the fact that so many people play King Domino on, on uh BGA. And I mean, it's, it's so easy to teach. It's such an, it's such an entry level game. I don't know. You might be right. It just seems like this whole list is a, out of the six, I think Dominion's the one that people are not going to be playing in 10 years.
3: I agree with that.
2: Somewhere, (laughs) (laughs) Dale (laughs) cries. Poor Dale, poor Dale. Right now, Dale's going, I'll never be on that show again. Never. (laughs) No, I, I, I actually love Dominion. I just bought another uh, expansion for it recently. I love it. But once they stop putting out expansions, or well, maybe they maybe they won't, but but the evolution of the deck building genre is just
1: man, it's it's really good stuff. You might be right too because Dominion could use a facelift.
3: Yeah. Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, it
2: did get one with the board. It's called Clank. <laughs> <I'm> not- <laughs> <laughs> Should oh, I right. that yet? Lost Ruins of Ornak, or uh, what's the one that's uh, that's coming out right now? Dune Imperium, right? Yes. Dune Imperium. Mm-hmm.
3: So they're, why do we need Dominion when those are all around?
2: So oh, Kelly's Kelly says
1: <laughs> Dominion's out of here.
3: I also think. Yeah, I, I agree with her. I think Catan has
1: a problem. I, I love Catan because I first played Catan in like 2004 and I have fond memories of Catan but I think it's mostly nostalgia. Whenever I teach people who have joined the hobby within the past 10 years Catan, they're like, "Why are we playing this?" You know, it's you know odd. it's a little I, bit weird. I I get what you and Beth are saying,
2: but at the game store uh this past Wednesday not not Jay when you and I were there, but the, the previous week um there were people there that I had never seen before. Their first time, their their ex cart, you know, CCG game players, and you know what they wanted to play? They told the store owner, "Hey, do you have a copy of Catan? We'd like to learn it." They didn't. They didn't recognize a single other game in the store, but they knew Catan. Mm-hmm. And there are people, in uh, maybe it's just our little town, but there are people in Lafayette that's still the go to game that they play. Uh, that. The, the game store today. I don't know if you saw Jay. He's posting about how he got the new twenty. Is it twenty fifth anniversary? Fifteenth anniversary? 25th?
3: 25th, I think since nineteen ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It came
2: okay. out. Oh, he's excited. He's he's posted. We've got it. It's going to be limited, and uh, you got to hurry up and come and get it. And people are going to buy that game. Mm. T- oh yeah. I
4: think Catan yeah, still, still has legs. Yeah, so, I've I think it
3: guys for a long time. What I, do you think, I, Jay?
4: I don't know about Catan still having legs. I think you can only play so much of it. You know, once you've once you've played it and once you've mastered it to a, to an extent, it's just it's a, it's an entry game. You know, it's just to teach people the hobby. And there's so much so much more out there. I mean, if we're comparing that to Ticket to Ride, as I as I know, a lot of people know, Ticket to Ride's the better game.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. It is. And Chris, I am pronouncing it correct because I'm pronouncing the way Bruno Catala <laughs> pronounces it. I'm pronouncing it the correct way.
3: That cracked me up.
2: What's that?
0: He says King Domino? King Domino. He,
2: says, he says both at the same time. I don't know how he does it. He's French. He says both ways at the exact same time and he pulls it off and I'm trying my best. King Domino.
0: Alright. There is no love or hate so far for Azul or Carcassonne. Mm.
3: I'll speak up for both of those. They're both fantastic. I think they both have staying power. Look at Carcassonne, how long that one's been around um, and continues to be an introductory gateway game that people play beyond just teaching their friends, families are playing it over and over. Mm. Um, you know, and you know me, tiling, and there's tiles on Azul as well. Yeah, but he, gorgeous. The, Go
2: ahead. Here's the quick question though, Verla. Out yeah. of the six, Mm-hmm. Chris J, if you're playing just the base game, no expansions, no 10th anniversary editions, no special meeples, just the base game of those six games. Hmm. Azul might
4: rise closer to the top I don't know. as just the base game. I don't know. I don't think I'd like Azul as much when you introduced it to me without the uh, Crystal Mosaic. That really yeah. it for me.
2: Yeah, the boards and the overlay do a lot. I, I agree. But but as the, as the gameplay, Chris, if you're just playing Base, Dominion, Azul, Kingdomino, Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne, and Catan, which one are you playing?
1: Ticket to Ride still.
2: Still Ticket to Ride? My problem is that Base, Ticket to Ride would be with without them. the 1910 expansion. Right. And mm. I don't like it without the 1910 expansion.
3: Mm. Man, I'd mm. be playing Carcassonne still.
2: It might be between Azul and Carcassonne for me out of All those right. six. Well, I'm playing would, just the base game.
0: Chris, you look like you're going to say something. Go
1: ahead. I f- As for, so I'm going to hate on Azul a little bit. I love Azul. <laughs> this is Michael Kiesling you're talking about. All right, I'm oh, listening. No, after about three dozen plays, I got really tired of that game. And if I never play Azul again, I'll be just fine.
2: Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand well,
3: that. I yeah. almost got to that point. Like, I will still play it happily, but we did kind of wear it out in my household for a while and was really glad when the next few versions came out, and I'd probably rather stick with the Summer Pavilion version long term um, mm-hmm. if I had to downsize from all three of them.
1: Yeah, and I, I have, to go ahead. To, to go with Jayden said. I, I don't think I'll ever play again without with the Crystal Mosaic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. good point. Good
0: point. All right. So we've we've decided. On, only on this one, but I gotta give you the update from round one. The update from okay, round good. one was that Werewords got the axe. So BJ solo takes all six points of a round with deception. So I'll that might you. that might also affect how you vote to eliminate things in round two. BJ's the runaway leader at this point. Time to pile up. All right. Mm. Or so when work got, with me, people. Yeah. yeah. I work for Verla. This is <laughs> shared, <laughs> shared victory, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, no, you know that the rule is if there's a tie at the end, BJ loses. That's yeah, that. I do. I do. That's, that's true. Um, so what we've got now is we've got those six games and the elimination order is going to be J, BJ, Verla, then Chris. So Jay, right, You're going to kick off the island.
4: So so here's where the strategy comes in.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Here's, the, here's the plot twist. I'm going to eliminate Carcassonne. Ooh. Yeah.
3: Why are you hating on me tonight, Jay?
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, see, I love Carcassonne. As you guys know, I I bought the big box, and I. You're a
3: shark it. or something, right?
4: Yeah, he's yeah. good. He's good. Yeah, at Carcassonne. I can pick it tonight because I knew that that would just be it'd be too straightforward. So yeah, I'm gonna eliminate. Carcassonne. Wow, he's
0: zigging. Hey, all right, who's, who's going? Right. Right, going right for the throat, right off the bat. All right, so Jay goes. Then now, Bj, Bj up to eliminate. Well man, he stole my
2: pick. I was gonna pick Carcassonne.
3: Hmm. Man.
2: Out of those six. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate um I'm gonna eliminate Dominion. Yeah, Dominion's
0: gone. Okay. Dominion's well, gone. Wow. I did not see this breaking this way. Verla, what are you gonna toss?
3: I was going to give Dominion the axe as well, so now I have a hard decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um got to leave King Domino in there, though. The art is fantastic. If you ever look up close at all the little details, the shadows of the dragons mm-hmm. flying overhand and everything, it's just so great. I'm going to get rid of Catan.
2: So King Domino stays in?
3: King Domino, Domino stays, stays in. in. Catan, bye-bye. Okay. And so, Chris
0: gets the last elimination before the crew. Azul, Azul, King Domino, and Ticket to Ride. What are you going to eliminate, Chris? We know Azul. which one he is- yeah, we, we knew it was going that way. All right, so chat crew, you've got two left. Pick which one you're going to eliminate, King Domino or Ticket to Ride. Starting now, I'm going to start looking at the comments right now here. Um, King Domino or Ticket to Ride, which one gets the axe? All right. And then uh, right. I'll move you all on to the next round here while, while they're doing their voting. The next round, as I hinted to before, is going to come back. The, the good doctor's back were with a round of Knizia here. I got six Reiner Knizia games for you, and they are My City, Ra, Modern Art, Tigris and Euphrates, Lost Cities, and The Quest for El Dorado. Do your, do your mix-it-up battle royal style, but BJ gets the first elimination this time, so chat it up.
2: Well, for me, I'm leaning toward My City, although Chris Ray is going to hate on me for that one, only because I haven't played it. So I, I, I haven't played the first two. I haven't played My City or Raw. I did not like Quest for El Dorado. The mm. three in the middle, though, Modern Art, Tigerson, and Euphrates, and Lost Cities, all fantastic games. Everybody knows on the show that I, I want to make a copy of Modern Art, but the stamps yep. version yep. With, with personal stamps. I want to do that someday. Quest for El Dorado Week. Somebody's going to have to sell me on why My City or Ra or Quest for El Dorado
1: shouldn't get
0: booted.
1: I agree with you. Those are the three worst on that list. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought you liked My City. I like all six did of them. Those are the okay. three worst. Okay.
4: I really like Quest for El Dorado. I don't know what it is. I think of the six, um, I haven't played actually any of these. I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, I haven't played any of these. No, I I, I have played Tigers and Euphrates. Um, Lost, Lost Cities is on Board Game Arena.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it sure is.
1: Wow, yeah. Okay.
4: So when I looked yeah. at all these, I was, I was really interested in Lost Cities as well. That, so Lost Cities actually seems like a really, really fun game. Um, but more than that, Quest for El Dorado just seemed really, like, fun and thematic where you're, like, going through these different parts of the jungle and the village and the river. I don't know. It, it, it really just spoke to me. It has hexes, which are awesome.
2: I, I think Quest for Dorado is the reason why Dominion still hasn't died. Why <laughs> Dominion still has a place. Wow. Quest for It's just garbage. No,
3: disagree. (laughs) Flat out disagree. I'm with Jay. I mean, look. Well, other shoulder there. There's behind my shoulder, my quest for El Dorado. And I would pick that out of all of them, not just because it's the only one I played, um, but the other ones and looking them up. None of them speak to me at all. But El Dorado, you've got deck building. And like Jay was saying, it's so thematic. Going through the jungle, um, searching after things, and just... The race aspect of it, when we first learned that game, my siblings and I stayed up till about 3 in the morning. We played it 10 times in a row. We just kept switching up the, the maps and making our own thing um, and never got sick of it at all. We've had some friends that put together two sets of it and made a giant one, and it's just a blast. so much I fun. Did,
2: I did have a rules question about Quest for Eldorado, so maybe you and Chris could help me out, though. When you're playing Quest for Eldorado, do, don't you ask yourself – why am I not playing Clank?
3: No, because I haven't played Clank, and that hasn't.
0: And I, I looked through the rule book and I couldn't find the answer, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I looked everywhere. It's yeah. in the expansion, BJ. They'll fix it in the expansion. It's in the, it the, the, so the rule book for, for the next version. So What'd you so say, Chris? I think both of those are worse than Dominion. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, and going back to Tigris and Euphrates, I—I'm I, probably the only one here, but Babylonia kills Tigris and Euphrates. There's just no reason to own Tigris and Euphrates if you if you own a copy of Babylonia.
1: Tigris and Euphrates can be a bit boring, but it has that extremely cool scoring system. Like it's just an extremely cool scoring system. You you, I wish more games. The, the conflict part, though, it's just it's, you know yeah, Babylonia stri- exactly strips that out. You know, I will say so. In so, I will slightly defend modern art here. If I were to have like a fire or some tragedy in my house and I were like fleeing through this basement, I would stop in my game room. If I could only grab one game, it would be a copy I have of modern art. Um, it's not my game, but it's just like I feel like it's the like the game that I have that I'm like the most sentimentally attached to. So that's, that's the one I would grab. So which version
2: of modern art do you have that it, – it's obviously
1: the Simon version, right? I have – I have um, <laughs> this is an obsession, so I'm a warning to the group. I have like seven or eight versions of modern art. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite one is the Oink version, which is about yay big. And mm-hmm. Dr. Knetia, I saw him at SN and he signed it to me, which is why I mm-hmm. would grab that one. Mm-hmm. So that's the one you would grab. Fair enough. Yeah, and Brandon Kemp also has a signed copy because I had, I had bought his copy that day, too, and I'm like, can you also sign this one? So
4: I'm going to ask that one when it's my turn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have said all that, Chris, because that thing is a goner,
2: man. Yeah.
3: No, I literally had to evacuate for fires uh, in September, and I grabbed my signed Castles of Burgundy because oh, oh. it was signed. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I get the oh. modern art grabbing that one for sure.
2: I only have one signed game, and it's Empires of the North. And I like Ignacio okay, but I mean, I don't think I would – I would not run in a burning building to save Empires of the North. Even though I love that game. D- uh, Dean, I'm not dogging on it. I love Empires of the North. Absolutely love it. But mm-hmm. nope, not going in the building to, to
0: save that I'm Trying to think if there's anything else. The, the, so the update is that King Domino is gone, which means that BJ got another two points. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. It's going to be three points because he's splitting it with Chris only. Chris and BJ okay. both get three. So Watch BJ, you, Chris, keeps, the BJ to ride keeps his trail. lead, but um, Chris is keeping I, I, pace.
2: I figured at worst I had a compadre and you were going to keep Ticket a Ride to the end. So I, I just, I jumped on the Ticket to Ride train.
0: <laughs> 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 All right, time to vote. Let's go round I three. So, um, If we're going to vote, this is going to be in this round. BJ kicks it off. What are you going to, what are you going to eliminate?
2: Uh, well, I know what Jay's going to eliminate, so I don't have to use my vote on that one. Um, well, at least I hope, Jay. We have a deal, right? You are going to eliminate it. <laughs> um, I don't think Chris is telling the truth, and I'm getting rid of my city just in case. I think okay. Chris is trying to play us. I'm getting rid of my city. Interesting.
0: Getting rid of my city. Interesting. Okay. No, you know
2: what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to change it. It's not my city. I'm getting rid of Tigris and Euphrates. Because I just don't think it's – I think Babylonia replaces it. I really do. Tigris and Euphrates, you're fired. You're
0: out. Okay. Go. So BJ has gotten rid of Tigris and Euphrates. Verla, you are up.
3: I'm gonna get rid of Ra. Ra. It is gone. Ra. Bye bye.
0: All right. Chris not not a whole lot of discussion yeah. about that one. That was interesting. It really wasn't. Um BJ and Verla oh, are Chris done. Chris?
2: check out, so we'll see you later, Chris. And good luck again. It's funded
1: already, so asking for troubles. Check that out. All right, yeah. Jay, what you got? Chris is up. Oh, oh, Chris!
0: Uh, I will eliminate my city. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And Jay, mm-hmm. with modern art lost cities and quest for El Dorado left.
4: I like going last. This is fun. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna break some hearts, Jay. Mm. I think I'm going to have to eliminate Lost Cities. Lost okay. Cities
0: is
2: gone. So, by the way, know. I have a copy. So next time you come by, we'll have to, we'll have to see you. It, it takes 20 minutes to play the
0: game. So yeah, super, yeah, yeah, super yeah. Easy. yeah. Super. So the chat crew has to make the final elimination. Pick the one you're going to kick out, and your choices are between Modern Art and the Quest for El Dorado. What are you going to eliminate?
3: Modern um, Art's not very modern. I mean, it came out in 92, I think I saw on BGG. It's so many
2: versions of it, though. I mean, every year it seems to get re- repackaged, repurposed into a different edition. Yeah, but
3: they can't, they can't ask for the they old still
0: ones haven't back managed to rename them it. old art. <laughs> yeah. You
2: know? Yep.
0: <laughs> so chat crew, you're voting between Modern Art and Quest for El Dorado starting now. I'm gonna I'm gonna be paying attention to that. We'll move on to the last round, which is the Kennerspiel winners. And I please, would have voted it out, Beth goes my county. <laughs>
3: All right. Beth Quest for El Dorado has a lot of counties. Every single hex is a every single county.
0: hex is a county. That makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So for your fourth and final round, you've got Kennerspiel winners. And the choices for this are these six: the crew, Istanbul, wingspan. Quacks of Quedlinburg, Seven Wonders, and exit the game.
2: So, this is going to be easy for me, Chris. I've, I've, uh, out of those six, there's only one that I haven't played, and that's Istanbul. It came out in 2014. It should not have beat Concordia. Concordia should have won the Spiel that year. And I played Istanbul, the dice game, and I don't see any reason to play Istanbul because the dice game is a blast. It's easy to set up and easy to play. And I've been told, uh, you know by people I trust that Istanbul without a certain expansion is broken that it it's just not it, it mm. can be exploited if you if you don't have the expansion so
1: maybe you can help me out with that so I love Istanbul I actually think I like it better than Concordia yeah. uh, <laughs>
3: not okay
0: to to quote Mick. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: um,
1: it's, I don't just the crowd to come bringing in some Concordia heat. What's that? If, if it's broken, I don't know that, but it's an easy game to find and play because it, it does have a per, not just a pretty good, a really good app. Um, so um, the only game on this list that I would I, I really disdain is Exit the Game, which hmm. is completely misnamed because it's not a game. Um, <laughs> oh, and no. Um, i i I used to think I liked these sorts of things, but I played several of them and it turns out no I just don't like them so yeah. so you don't like you're saying you don't like exit type games like unlock or any of the other games or you're just no, saying no, that I, I, serious? agitating like i I don't know what it is about my personality, but like every time I start one I'm like it's like there's there's this promise that I'm going to have a good time and then at the end of them, I'm always just annoyed and wow. like and I'm actually like a hard person to annoy and like <laughs> I'm just like, when is this going to be over? Like, there needs to be a timer to stop me. And so, mm. um, yeah. Wow. So uh, I,
2: I disagree with you. We're big, big fans of those escape room uh, type games in the gumbo. We, we got uh, three new to, to review uh, in today. So we're going to try that. De- Steve and I played Dexcape Deckscape, Deckscape till midnight. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Uh, we did that virtually with, uh, with, uh, with Luke or? No, Kevin. Yeah, it was with Kevin.
0: Think, um, Kevin and Eric.
2: I think. And Eric. That's right. And Eric Batson. So I do like him. Jay, have you ever played any of these escape room type games?
4: Uh yeah, I've done a few of them and I can't tell you which because I mean they really got right. in my mind.
3: All I they, think they all think just run together.
4: And then they're they're better in person. It yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah that's right. So are we all throwing out exit the game, Verna, oh. or do you have a different choice? Uh
3: yeah, I'd say bye bye. Exit wow. can make an exit.
4: Yeah, we wow. can go ahead and toss out Seven Wonders with it. I don't
3: think. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no.
3: If it was Seven Wonders Duel, I mean, that would be staying for sure. But Seven Wonders, meh.
2: Chris, what is going on? It, over the last 10 years, it seems like Seven Wonders has taken a lot of hits. It's taken a lot of hits. And I still love the game. Seven Wonders with Armada is my preferred method. I love it. I think it's still relevant. I think it's
1: still fresh.
3: But was, out of all those games.
1: I think Seven Wonders is my most played game of all time. Wow. wow. And can I tell you just a really funny story, just 30-second story? When it first launched on Board Game Arena in the middle of the night, and uh, I, I'm obsessed with Seven Wonders, and I played hundreds of games of it back in grad school. And uh, I was <laughs> online when it launched, and I played like four or five games in a row, and I won them. So I was briefly the number one ranked player on Forteamerica, <laughs> but here's the thing: that only happened because nobody else had played it, and I went mm. on a weird winning streak. I'm actually not a good seven wonders, <laughs> and so
0: no, I actually fine.
1: briefly held this like number one title. And now, like every time I play online and I lose, I'm like, "You were once great." And
4: <laughs> you were once great. Own that. Own that. Were you the first like best player? Because you should just. Own I was. It. Yeah, I literally <laughs> was. Yeah.
3: That's Screenshot that. Awesome. Yeah, screen.
1: for sure. I, I ran in an email at like three in the morning, and he like mocks me about the email.
0: <laughs> you you need to hey, fill it. You need to fill a Milman. The heck out of that.
1: Yep, <laughs> yes. You a, right. trophy. a
0: trophy.
2: What's your favorite combo? How, how do you play Seven Wonders? What's your favorite way? Ace like game. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I love Armada. I think Armada is the best expansion. At least out of the ones I've played. I haven't. I haven't played uh, Bab- Babel. I've not played that one. Okay. That's the one that doesn't seem to be getting a reprint with the new version. It did not. It was not announced, sure. yeah. Sure. It's, most people have it, the, the, the lower-ranked one. But
0: So you've uh, talked about Istanbul, Seven Wonders, and Exit. No discussion of The Crew, Wingspan, and Quacks?
3: Oh, they're we, perfect games. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, they're just...
1: I was so annoyed when The Crew won the spiel. And I was so annoyed, which is such a weird statement because I'm a big fan of the Spill of Charis and I'm a big fan of trick-taking games. I think it's won one the Spill of Sharis. And But uh, I love the crew, and I, I'm so happy that it's like so revered in the hobby right now. Are you excited about the underwater version? But I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, they You're announced. telling me something. You know? Oh, really?
2: Yeah, so anybody who doesn't know in chat crew, they announced yesterday the crew... I I can't pronounce the German version, but it translates to Deep Underwater. And you're you're underwater explorers, and there's 50 new missions to Mm
0: -hmm. explore
1: underwater. Nice. And designed by Thomas Really smart. I think Seven Wonders is – I think she's right that it has been replaced by other drafting games. Like People really look like Sushi Go and stuff. Sushi Go,
2: Paper Mm -hmm. Tales. I don't know if you've played that. It it feels like Seven Wonders, but Mm – uh, with 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 different ways of attacking, so I don't know. This is this is a tough list. Um, trying to pick out of these
1: six, Verla? Yeah,
3: man, it's gonna have to be wingspan or Quacks all the way. Quacks.
1: If I can just sort of show my disdain. I like that. But here's the problem with that game. That game has way too much luck for gamers to like it. They do, and I don't understand it. Like, if you just showed me Quack on an island, I would be like, "There's no way gamers will like this. They hate luck in games." But like everybody. Right. Looks. Game, and it is pretty luck driven.
3: That always surprises me too, but I think that that is just one of the reasons to love it and why it has staying power because it's managed to get beyond all those expectations for gamers and how they would feel about it. Um, it's so fun. It's so colorful. It brings people into the hobby for sure. It's push your luck. There's so many good things going on for quacks. And then you get so, the BGG Geek Up bits, bits and oh, it's oh, just like they're, they are they're fantastic.
4: So here's the thing that I I feel about Quacks. Quacks is a great game, but what's even better than like playing the game of Quacks is just the enjoyment and like the ridiculousness of playing Quacks because everything is so thematic and it's such a just a funny, fun experience. Like the experience of playing it is better than actually playing the game.
2: My favorite part of Quacks is, the, is when three players are done and the fourth player is close to busting. It's one of the most pure joy moments of any game I play. Everybody's cheering that person to bust. I you mean, know, everybody is. But the problem with Quacks is that that only comes for about a minute, you know, during each one of the rounds, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of other stuff to the game. But I think that's the appeal of it. Also, we say, we, uh, you know, people say they hate luck in games, yet Stone Age quacks um celestia all these games that people talk about and people pop up there's a lot of luck in those games there there's tons of luck so i i I don't think we like perfect information games as much as we say i think that's what it is i
0: think we're ready to roll with some eliminations and this this time verla gets to kick it off verla then chris then jay then bj (sighs) verla what are you going to eliminate we, we are... did do the round three announcement already. Oh, did oh, no, we? I did not. Um, okay, go back to that first. Eldorado. So that means that we have um, BJ with nine, Verla, J and Chris with six. The only way somebody mm. can BJ is if they are a sole winner in round four. So that might mm. introduce some strategy. Interesting. We only have to tie BJ, though. That's true. You only have to tie him because then you win. Already explained. So Verla, I think you get to kick it off. What are you going to eliminate? Or what Um, do you or or in other words, what do you think BJ picked?
3: What do I think BJ picked? That's a great question. Um I'm gonna eliminate Seven Wonders. Interesting. Interesting.
2: Not the right choice, but interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Actually in the third round I had to change my answer because I actually picked my own game.
0: you You picked the game you picked. To eliminate,
2: I sold myself on my city and forgetting <laughs> that I picked my city to,
0: go <laughs> to the end. I was like, wait, I gotta change that. Oh my God. Yeah, <clears throat> I-, I saw that. I saw that happening. All right. So, <laughs> has eliminated Seven Wonders. Chris, what are you gonna eliminate? Oh, the crew. You know what you're eliminating? The, the crew, eliminating what? The crew.
4: Oh, wow. I thought you were going okay. with exit. Hmm. Yeah. Almost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with Istanbul.
0: Istanbul.
4: Yeah. Stole
2: mine. That Stole was the mine. one that
0: BJ has is, is got Concordia. So what's left? You've got Wingspan, Quacks of Quedlinburg, and Exit the Game left. I want to win, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna kick Wingsman out, even though I love the game and I own
3: everything. <laughs> wow. this is a terrible
0: game. It is On, all right. It's so a the, game. the chat I'm has to <laughs> Chat crew has to pick between Quacks of Quedlinburg and exit the game. What are you gonna ax? What are you gonna eliminate? What's the one that doesn't get to stay? So start your uh, your comments now. Um, I can't believe it exit oh, should make an exit i can't believe we did that either b j that was hard wife wow.
2: my wife's favorite game she loves wingspan she'll all play right. it remember you're time. picking
0: one to eliminate um and uh I, I can give you the updates perhaps while these come in if you want to <laughs> do the the rap and chat b j
2: this is an evil 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 game yeah yep yeah. all right so
3: exit left the game love it Evan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's a lot of uh, so. There's a lot of exit people that are they're they're mm-hmm. axing the X.
0: Looks yep. like, it. like it. I like Looks it. Looks like it. I think that is the call. So if that's the call, We're the call is gone. Quax takes it, which means that in the last round, BJ and Verla both get more points. BJ <laughs> Twelve. Verla takes sole possession of second place with six, and Jay and Chris are are. At the back of the pack. BJ with a, a, a surprisingly um, non Saints like dominant win from start to finish.
2: Yeah. Wow. I tried to give it away in the third round. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did. <laughs> did. Eliminating my whole game. Attempting to. And so that is Board Game Batai. BJ, I won the, uh, I won for the first game and many, many times. I don't mm-hmm. normally win these games. Brother came out second. Chris and Jay also played. So thank y'all for playing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) playing (laughs) Don't forget that it's brought to you by our gumbo merchandise. Check out the game Crafter link that we have in the show to get a copy of your own board game gumbo bure deck with uh, graphic design by Carlos Roy and instructions to the game. It's only 15 bucks. So check that out. Carlos did an awesome job and the ace of spades has a surprise. If you take a look at it or you can burn the ace of spades, I don't care and replace it with your own deck. That's it. All right, so Verla and Jay, thank you guys for playing. Uh, I think we learned a little bit more about both of you, about some of the games. And Jay, we've got a list of games for you, too, for, for you to play. Yeah. Yeah, for All sure. Right. I'm going to send you guys back down to the lobby and close it out with Chris. All Bye, right. friend. All right, Chris, that was Board Game of Uh Better game than High, I think, right? I think you enjoyed that more than our High game. Our <laughs> games are always
1: delightful, and they're a lot of fun to watch.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being a good sport with this game. Um, we have fun. Certainly
1: with that more way. fun
2: than exit. Yes,
1: <laughs> way
2: more fun than exit for you. That's right. I, I, that shocks me. I would have thought you liked uh, those exit style games. It's one of those, uh, in theory, I do, open. But... they just let me down. Un- the unlock games have been that way for me. I always find the unlock games less fun than I, than uh, than I think they're going to be. You know what else? Too the adventure games from um, from Cosmos. Steve and I both like them but we don't love them now, i only played one the dungeon uh, and the premise of the game was so much more exciting than the actual game but i think the system is there so i would, I would like to keep exploring it i didn't not like it i enjoyed it i just i wanted a little bit more out of it all right board gamers that's it for another episode of gumbo live hey chris if people have some questions about the opinionated gamers or about some of these opinions that you have um how can they reach you what's the best way to find you
1: me Ray at gmail.com or uh, you can find what I write on the opinion of the gamers or my board game geek blog which is called the cardboard critic. Um yes I do own the email address Christopher Ray the director did not get it I did. So yes <laughs> that's exactly right. His name is also Christopher Ray. That's right. And
2: if anybody hasn't read it go back and check uh, your history of the sh- it's the spiel winners not the it's the spiel winners that you did, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. It's an excellent series on BGG. If you haven't checked it out and you like history, Uh, Chris is the Ludo historian of BGG or one of them. Yeah, one of them. Ludo historian. Yep. Make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash board game gumbo. Also our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash board game gumbo. That's where we repost a lot of these videos and it helps us get the word out about all of our upcoming shows, including we're off next week because of Thanksgiving, but the following week, uh, we're going to have Dan Patrice of the Geek All-Stars who's going to be coming in and we will probably be playing the Heartthrob game with him so check that out Dan Patrice of the Geek All-Stars will be coming in I am BJ from Board Game Gumbo and until next time Chris
1: la Thanks for listening Gumbo Live is produced by BJ Rosa and the name father Steve O'Rourke with editing by Sean Jones You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Or visit the Board Game Gumbo blog at BoardGameGumbo.com.
4: Hey, this is Patrick. And this is Eric. From Patrick Patrick and and Eric in in the morning. Morning. Join us every now and again for about a half an hour as we freeform chat about whatever's on our minds and how it all relates back to our favorite hobby, board gaming. Patrick and Eric in the morning can be found on the What Did You Play This Week podcast feed and on the Punchboard Media site. Happy listening.